I'm Suzanne Murdoch and welcome to Series 3 of Powering Productivity. Each episode I explore the energy, the really genuine connections, expertise and being in your best flexible working environment can bring to you, your business and your whole life. So let's get started. Welcome, I'm your host Suzanne Murdoch and today I'm joined by the lovely Alison Matthews founder of award-winning Virtuali, uh, set up back in 2015. Alison really understands the complexities of running a business, juggling all the hats, and really getting swamped in your business rather than having time to work on it and the things you love. So she specializes in really helping business owners automate um, processes and running courses and events, both online and face-to-face, and really being that virtual set of hands, eyes, and ears. Now, Alison's passions are wild swimming, community projects, and connecting people. But I think most recently, dash hands. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> I had to yes. add that bit in there. <laughs> Alison, it's really lovely to have you here. Tell us a little bit about your story and really what gives you that energy and the drive to do the things that you do. Um, th- thanks very much for inviting me on today. And yes, I am uh, become a dash hound, a dash hound lover. Uh, it was quite funny actually because I started when I was a baby. We had dash hounds, and uh, and then we sort of come full circle. And now as adults, I, I have them again. <laughs> so there you go. Um, yes, they are my co-workers. They are my co-workers here in Strangford. And I started the business as you said back in two thousand and fifteen. And I came from um, an admin background, so I'd worked in different organisations around Europe and in Northern Ireland, very much in admin roles, you know, like sort of export, everything really, export administrator, PA, travel advisor, executive assistant, project administrator. And, and then at one stage, I just thought, oh, I want to do something different. I want to have a bit more flexibility and creativity and help different people with different projects. And that's when I saw um, the, the sort of the term virtual assistant uh, advertised. And, and that's what I am now. And I really love it because I get to help lots of different business owners. I see different parts of their business. And, you know, as, as business owners, you, you, you have that passion that you start your business with and why you start it. And that's the thing that you love doing. But then you've got all those other bits of your business that you, you maybe love doing so much. And admin, I think, is on the top of quite a few people's hate list. But I love admin, so that's OK. So that's that's what I help people with. Fantastic. And you're you're an author now. You've written a book. What author? Yes, yes, yes. Um, I co-authored with two other Northern Irish based virtual assistants, the VA, the VA uh, e-starter guide, which is a guide with practical steps really about how to set up as a virtual assistant. Um, because as virtual assistants, we're often approached by others about what practically to do. And, and we thought, well, we'll combine our knowledge and uh, we released that on Kindle in August. So that was that was very exciting. And how can people, I'll just give you a quick plug here. How can people get oh, yes. that? Oh, yes, they can get it. They can get it via Amazon. It's We just have the Kindle version at the moment and we can put the, the link onto the podcast afterwards. The VA uh, e-starter guide on how to become a virtual assistant by the VA Heroes. Brilliant. Okay, <laughs> well, that, for, for those of you that don't know Alison, she is a master of all things productivity. You really are. And you always you always bring that energy and the like, this amazing drive with everything you do. Well, it certainly comes across that way anyway. Thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. Um, yeah, so I guess that brings us on to um, diving into the questions. And 
key one for me would be how how have you really seen the world of virtual assistants change over the last few things sorry the last few years obviously a lot has changed um, with the pandemic and then there's been the rise in hybrid and and remote working a lot of people working remotely how have you seen things change from your perspective I think you know it's funny because when I started in 2015 there were very few virtual assistants in Northern Ireland and like I was I did train with a lady who'd been set up in England for a long time and it was you know it was big business in England even in 2014 and I think recently I've seen a big increase in people becoming virtual assistants here um who and there's a number of reasons for that but I think even from the people that I know and I'm on the committee of the Belfast PA network that supports um, PAs and people in admin roles and it's funny because even with that group of ladies it's mostly ladies a lot of those people were working nine to five in an office and their boss was very much oh my god you can never work from home you can't do flexi work and you have to be in the office that's a PA's role (laughs) to be in the office and then when the pandemic came and nearly like three quarters of those people were all sent home to work from home and became virtual assistants you know in 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 sort of in name and I think it's very interesting now that a lot of employers have realized that people can work from home and if you have the technology set up and if you have some kind of quiet space that you can work in that it's a game changer really. Yeah I mean from my perspective I've seen quite a few people that would have been perhaps employed over the last couple of years in specialist areas um, be it finance marketing etc and now they're more they're they're working more as virtual assistants specializing in those areas so I think Mm -hmm. we've seen we've seen quite a shift from that generic virtual assistant who might have covered everything from admin down to finance and now they're really homing in on specialisms yes I think that's a very good point and I think you sort of have the tendency and I was the same that when you start out you're not exactly sure what your niche is going to be so a lot of people start off offering general admin and then you get to the stage that you either clients ask you for the same thing or a lot of time or you realize oh there's something that I really love doing and that's kind of what you niche down into but as you say even Amy and Gail that I authored um the 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 ebook with a gail is a, a videographer virtual assistant she would call herself and amy is very much all about social media and social media systems but both would still call themselves virtual assistants do you think because of the very nature of the fact that you are honing in on certain certain specific areas that people naturally ask you do you know such and such who yes has more so so you have more of a collaboration with other people that do similar similar roles hence yes things like what you've been doing with the book yes definitely because I think that's the thing that in your business you know it's if you find someone who helps you with the admin and you're comfortable with outsourcing parts of that then you might think okay well I can actually I can outsource some of the marketing and I could get someone to create my social media content and images and schedule those a month and so then you look for that person and the bookkeeping and there's all those different elements that you, you come to realise, okay, if I have outsourced even part of that to someone else, then the, the, as the business owner, you can really concentrate on the thing that you love doing and, and, and makes you the money at the end of the day. What, what do you think the key challenges have been over the last few years? What do you see typical challenges actually right, 
change that right now, what are the challenges of, of business owners that you see most commonly? I think it's just it's still it's still to stay relevant and to be competitive in your area. And I think the pandemic was great. But, you know, a lot of people developed an online part of their business because of lockdown, which was fantastic. But now, obviously, you've got a lot more competition online because so many people are online. <laughs> and it's, you know, you, you just have to, you have to keep asking, I think, your own audience what their pain points are and how to solve them. And, you know, as a business owner, that, that's always what you're trying to do. Um, but I think that's the big challenge at the moment to stay relevant and, and to really understand what your clients need. And you, you've done a lot of work around the whole organisational side of things with people. I know you do a lot of challenges and you put out a lot of surveys as to how you can help and, and what areas people are struggling in with that. What sort of feedback have you got from, from that side of things? From that? Um, I think it's definitely, um, definitely the general admin is still a big, pain point for people and people say well general admin and organizing their time that there's just never seems to be enough time organization and getting that set up actually takes time in itself it does you're working on time management and that that also takes time how have people to, to the whole um apps and the the technological side of organizing themselves because it's like a it's a absolute minefield out there it's the apps that people use it is minefield and i think it's funny because i have seen a lot a lot of people recently especially who move into sort of the coaching sphere um struggle a lot with the tech because a lot of a lot of those the people that i've encountered anyway have come from very sort of heart-centered serve you know industries before maybe where they were nurses or midwives but worked in very large organizations where there was a lot of online tech support you know and you had your HR and you had your tech support and you did you know you just had to manage your emails and that was about it and I think that is that is it's such a big thing because there is so much tech now and I think that's where virtual assistants really come into play because you know on the before our call today I was helping a child in England who do two sort of live events every week and I help them set up either StreamYard or Zoom meetings or webinar for that because they're very passionate about their subject and they get great people on to chat to but they just don't they don't want the hassle of the tech you know and to set all those things up they just want to come on the call and they have all the instructions on how to get onto the call do their thing which they do very well and end it and that's it <laughs> you know and why not why what not a blessing you know what well, that, 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 that's great as long as it all works like, yes, like we were discussing yes, before we yeah. had power cut yesterday and then you have yeah. the knock-on effects of that the next day um and you have wi-fi drop out so there's all these challenges going on i mean when yeah. we have people like yourselves that's brilliant but one thing i've noticed um over the last while is people are quite often hesitant to hand over parts of their business because at the end of the day it's their baby you know they've yeah they've grown it they've developed it everything they've got they've put into it so what sort of tips would you give people as to how to how to delegate how to feel comfortable delegating and finding the right sort of person because I think that the main thing is that you have that instinctively you have to trust that the person is going to look after your business 
and and do their best to help you out. And as a business owner myself, I think I understand that reluctance of people handing things over. And I'm the same. Like I only this year, I think, handed over my social media creation to someone else because it was just so time consuming for me. And I thought this is not this is not a good use of my time at all. And it was stressing me. Um, but I think there's that the way I do it with my clients is that people can book a discovery call. We can have a chat see if we're a good fit it's like going for you know any kind of interview or date or you know whenever the scenario you both yeah, have to it's see a relation, it's a relationship it is, at the end of the day it is it, that's exactly it and that you have that chat and say okay can we work together will this work and then normally what I do is I chat to the person about you know what systems they have already and you know do they want to have a zoom call are they you know are they using zoom are they using google meet like what their systems are in the background and how we can share documents and then I have a contract that sort of lays out you know what my working hours are and how often we'll have a catch-up call and things like that so I think if you talk people through the process of um, <clears throat> how you're going to help them and where you can share the information and that you get the information that you need um, because from my point of view I can't do my job well unless I've all the information and I think you know as business owners we have so much in our own heads you know but you need to have the processes written out somewhere as well. <laughs> you know, how about if you know you need the information, but these people they don't they've got so much of it, but yeah. they don't know where they put it. Yeah. So that's another that's another whole area that that's you know, that's another thing. Yeah, that's another issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and for but me, is... for me, it was very it was very much handover, bit by bit. Yes. Get feeling comfortable with that, and now I'm sure I can't hand over enough. Yes, <laughs> yes, take it all. Take, take it all. Take this. But oh. it, it, it's very much about building trust. You know, it's very much about building that trust and staying in communication and prom and delivering what you promise that you're going to. And if you can't for some reason to be upfront and say, I, you know, I can't do this or I don't have the information or something has happened, you know, and, and just to be trustful. Like we we have two donkeys, and it's funny because the donkeys have taken a long time to trust me because I was a stranger. Um, and my partner had them for about, I don't know, six or seven years before that. And the other day I was over, you know, every time you go over, they're a bit more friendly. And then I was over in the field with them on Sunday brushing them. And like one of them was digging the other one out of the way because he wanted to be brushed more, you know. <laughs> it, it's the same thing. It's the same. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that that's brilliant. And I know, um, tell, tell me a bit more. We haven't really covered what I know you do a lot of in terms of courses um, and events. Tell me a bit more about what you do there to help mm -hmm. us. Yeah, because I, I kind of, as I mentioned at the start about niching down, I kind of, well, it was funny because I kind of niched down into helping people with events and um, courses because to me it is a project. And it was funny because I have a friend who does a lot of, um, he would run like the buses for big events, for big music events in the south of Ireland and helped with the logistics of, you know, the Pope's visit and things like that. And he said, there's, there's a very certain breed of people who are crazy enough <laughs> to actually want to run events because it is, it, it's very, it's very time consuming. There's lots and lots of moving parts. And I think that's why I really like it because you have to be very organized. And if you have, you know, checklists and, you have you're using a project management tool or something like that to actually help you break down all the tasks it's actually great it's a lot of fun and at the end then you have you know there is a product a, a product that you can physically see and the people have a good experience and like last week last weekend weekend before 
I helped Joanne from Babel who had the tender with Lisburn Council to set up Moira Food Fair and that is a massive like that's the seventh year now that it's happened in Moira Park which is where I'm from originally and we had I think she um, eight, about eight and a half or nine thousand people wow. who came on the Saturday and 60 about 60 artisan traders so the work and setting something like that is absolutely enormous. But then on the day, you're like, you can see the people coming and they're having fun and they're all going, oh, this is great. And it's great for the economy. It's great for the traders to have something like that as well. So when you can actually see that result, like, like I, I love that. I love you can, there's a result at the end yeah, of there's it. Tan- there's a tangible. There's tangible. There. And there must be a lot of follow-up work with that, is there, in, in, in terms of gathering feedback and the marketing yeah. aspect? <clears throat> yes, yes, because we do, we have to do, we do feedback surveys with the traders, with the public on the day and with the business owners wherever the market takes place to, to understand the sort of the economic impact that that has. And, and it's all about building relationships in those in the area and building up the areas as well from a tourist point of view. So I, like I come from a tourist background, so I find that very, it's very interesting as well. So tell me, Alison, if, you, if you're running an event for someone, would you get together with them and, and work right from the... The word get go from the research right through to delivering on the day and then afterwards as well it depends it depends who it is so um for for that event um joanne joanne from Babel actually is a, a sort of marketing specialist so she has the <clears throat> she has created the ethos of the market and i help more in the background with the forms and getting all the trader information together and how working out the easiest way to do that and with other people, yes, maybe even people who are having things like smaller events, like board meetings and things like that. You know, I would research, you know, mostly in Northern Ireland, um, you know, hotels and organise with, you know, layers with the hotel venue for the room set up and with the speaker about, you know, if they have a guest speaker, you know, what equipment do they need and all of those things. But there's so much you know to have a successful event 90% of the work has to be done before you ever get that far oh yeah no absolutely so for for conferences for example would you help um get the the speakers involved but would you help with the speaker lineup I would yes I would help more it depends it depends who's asking but yes it's more sort of with um, the process of it so maybe helping with the draft running order and and you know things like that um, and I helped Ashley Watson a bit with her social media savvy conference earlier in the year where she actually live streamed it. So I was in the room and the people who were commenting live, um, I was re- I was replying back to them going, yes, this is happening now. And, you know, and that's the thing now, actually, even from an event point of view, you know, we had face to face, then we had online. And now we have this sort of hybrid thing where people are doing both which is actually very complicated because you have to make it face-to-face very interactive but you have to remember that if you have an online audience who are also live <laughs> yeah that you have to make it interactive for them too it's uh, funny you should say that because i've been on a couple lately that have been hybrid i noticed mm-hmm. more and more are just going face-to-face recently yeah. but there have been a couple of hybrid ones um and say i was on one about six months ago the um what do you call it the sound the sound wasn't great Mm-hmm. because I guess they had to have the surround sound for the audience but it's very, yes. dif- it's very different technically for the the virtual audience but yeah. lately people are a lot more clued up on that sort of thing yes they've obviously they've obviously had a lot of feedback but I think they work really really well they, do. they can still be really engaging 
yes we'll do live polls and have quite a lot of um interactive sessions as well mm-hmm. totally totally yeah and webinars is another one that people often need help with from the streaming perspective yeah and managing yes. managing the chat and the questions coming in yes you can, totally you can really concentrate on on what you're there to talk about totally totally and i think it is it's very webinars and and things like that are quite stressful because if you really have you know you're very concentrated on your message you don't want to be distracted by the tech and and what's going possibly wrong in the background as natural as you want it to be yeah you don't want to be yes. distracted by that. Oh. so give me give us some um some top tips for those uh business owners and, and remote workers to really help them get organized and i guess reach their their potential mm-hmm. I'd say, um i'd say the, the top tip that I always give to people, and you, you touched on a little bit earlier, was to have a good, to, to have in the background that you have, that you are organized. And I, I bang on about this a lot, but that you have, depending, you know, when you when you bought your domain at the start for your business name, if you bought, you know, Microsoft package or you went with Google suite and, you know, do you, are you using your OneDrive or your Google Drive? Or if you have Apple, if you're using you know, Apple, apple cloud and that you have folders you know that your everything is in there and that you have folders in some kind of logical order so you have all your marketing things together and your admin you know maybe your legal documents and things you need from hrc and that you have some kind of logical order to that and that you put your documents in there (laughs) you don't save them to your desktop do not save them to your desktop um and uh and that is the big thing at the start. And, you know, it's funny because uh, I, I was talk, talking to some of the PA Network girls the other day and we had our, actually, we had our first face-to-face event in two years, a couple of weeks ago in, in Belfast. And that to us comes so naturally because you're in a very busy office environment. You know, <clears throat> there's maybe 20, maybe even more people who are all relying on a structure that everybody can log in and find the things they need to find. So as a virtual assistant, that's natural for me to do that. But I know for a lot of other people, it's not, and it's not easy to do. Um, so, but that is my top, t- you know, number one tip, have that so you can access everything, you know, across your computer, laptop, phone, everything's visible. Um, my number two tip I'd say is very much about structuring your time, <clears throat> structuring your time to make the most of your day. And to do that, I think you need, there's a couple of different elements, but you need definitely to set boundaries. That's the first thing. And like I've helped, um, I set up Calendly Book and Tool for people to book a discovery call with me. I don't know, it's maybe about three years ago. And I did that because I was, people just used to phone me all the time. And I find that really distracting because I was in the middle of doing a client work and I'm very much, you know, I'm doing this and this hour, this and this hour. That, that's the way I work. And, and because I'm juggling different sort of clients at the same time. and um, I set that up and then I, I dictate when people, you know, oh, I put slots that people can book, but then I know, okay, people can call me, I can see it in my calendar, that's, and I can prepare for that. Um, so setting boundaries is, is a massive thing, whether you do that with, you know, your out of office or Calendly or um, that you just block time in your calendar. This is work time, this is client call time, this is business development, whatever that happens to be. I think that's that's a massive thing because you can end up just wasting your whole day, you know. Yeah, that's really, it's worked well for me, actually. I took yeah. that tip from you a while back. Yeah, to do things like that. 
Um, and the third thing I'd say is sort of ditch ditch the things that you don't love doing. Like we, we talked there, I, like I ditched the social media because I am not, um, I, I have Canva and I have Canva Pro, but I hate, I cannot create nice images. My brain, it's just, it's just not like that. And so I try to create something nice. And I go, oh my God, that's, it's just like when you look at the people, you go, it's just it's pathetic looking. <laughs> and I thought I can't do that anymore. So I got rid of that. Um, but yeah, to really look at the things that are taking up so much of your time. And, and the thing, you know, you'll often find with admin or the marketing or the bookkeeping that it's the things that you hate doing. You hate doing them. So you put them off. And then when you start it, um, you waste a lot of time because you don't know how to do it very efficiently. And you're just in this it's procrastination and you're just in this never ending circle of wasting your own time, really. So it's very good to just ditch the things you don't like to do. And I have I actually have a free resource that we can share as well. And it's a sort of a, a checklist of the things that you can do, delegate, delete, um, and questions that you can potentially ask a freelancer, any freelancer that you want to take on sort of good prompts to ask so that you can start on the right foot <laughs> well no that would be brilliant we'll share that we'll share that in the podcast yeah. notes but yeah certainly for me it's really concentrating on my strengths because I know like you just said if if I fear oh I'll just give this a go I haven't got a clue what I do but, mm-hmm. but you, you spend half an hour procrastinating you yeah. spend another half an hour researching what you need to do and then you almost get into a panic mode yeah and you've used not only your time up but your energy as well yeah. so you then can't even focus on your strengths yeah, because then it's just frustrating. You're just frustrated. Yeah. yeah so Alison, I mean, that's been brilliant. What? Tell me a little bit about what sort of people you you work with. Who would be your your key clients? Not not mm-hmm. in terms of names, but what sort of? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, I have. It's 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 great because it's very varied. And um, I worked out the other day that I had worked with sort of thirty five different industry types. <laughs> um, this year even, um, and I find it, there is no generic type uh, industry type really but normally it's sort of one woman or one man band who has grown their own business and has just got to that stage that they think okay I just can't there's too many I'm juggling too many plates I don't you know just not just just too many activities (laughs) and not enough time and who are sort of savvy enough to go okay I need some help here and who normally are very ambitious and have great goals for the business and they they, they just they, they need the time they need the time to work on that and so they outsource some admin so um i i've worked with everybody from um uh, dog trainers matchmakers a lot of coaches a lot of sort of lifestyle coaches decluttering coaches um accountants as well because accountants have a lot of different systems they need set up in the background as well and then everybody with events so um the people that i work for in england are charity in the charity sector in the charity recruitment sector or there's the puppy running in the background <laughs> <laughs> with his flower pot as my favorite joy um and, and that's very interesting and then anybody who wants to create an event and that, that and that is anybody because you know that's the joy now of um of all the technology that we have and as i said at the start it's so important to be relevant and to be visible and doing things like linkedin lives and facebook lives and webinars and zooms like everybody can be doing that now and and really for very for free or for very quite cheaply really fantastic yeah so i've learned so much thank you there you go <laughs> and we'll, put, we'll 
we'll put how to get hold of you on in the podcast notes and um, social media posts as well. <laughs> but no, this has been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank what's, you. What's, Thank what's you. in store next for Alison? What's in store next? Um, I would really like to have a day or two off, I have to say. <laughs> October, October was kind of manic. Um, but yes, November, November, it looks a wee bit quieter, but I have things to do like my own accounts. That would be quite good to get good to get them done before the end of November and then in December um, I'm helping organise for Lisbon Council again um, three Christmas markets in Dundonald, Cardiff and Hillsborough so that will keep us very busy in December. <laughs> Fantastic well keep doing what you're doing you're doing it brilliantly um, and we will catch up soon. Excellent thank you so much thank you. Thanks for listening you can find more information in the show notes or on our website, thehubnury.com. While you're there, why not join our mailing list so we can keep you in the know about everything we're up to. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen, so you don't miss an episode. Powering Productivity is presented by me, Suzanne Murdoch. It's produced by Emily Crosby Media.